0: Welcome to episode sixty-five of the Contra Fabulous Podcast. I'm Audrey Waters.
1: And I'm Kin Lane.
0: And we did not record a podcast last weekend.
1: No, it was uh, I think just too heavy of a of a week. Um I think this week fits almost the same. i I barely have enough mojo to to do this, but um but yeah.
0: Yeah, uh I I mean I just on on Sunday last Sunday, uh I just didn't really know what what to say. Um I mean, I'm, this has been the this has been a pattern now for so long. It's um it, you know, at some point I feel like it's it sounds cliché, but I really didn't know where to begin to articulate um uh the the um anger and sadness, uh, that I was feeling after the events, um, at the University of Virginia and in Charlottesville, um, last Friday and, and Saturday. So you asked me if we were going to do a podcast last weekend and I was like, no, no, we're, we're not going to do a podcast. So we skipped it. Um, and then as the week has unfolded, um, it's actually, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's gotten worse, uh, or maybe it has gotten worse, um, in terms of the response in particular, um, by uh, President Trump, um, who on Saturday had uh, said that, quote, both sides were responsible for violence, um, said this in the face of a, of a counter-protester um, dying uh, allegedly at the hands of a white supremacist, or um, he was driving a vehicle that plowed into a group of counter-protesters. Um, and then on Monday, I think his arms were twisted into saying something um, obviously, a speech that someone else had written for him, um, but then I can't remember which day it was. was it Tuesday when he doubled down again with um, more I think of the of his sort of real um em- embrace of of what folks call quote unquote the alt right but which I think I'd prefer, which. To call um, white nationalists or or white supremacists neo nazis the kkk the alt right i think is a way of um, is a term that those groups have used to describe themselves to soften um, and polish their their message, but this is they are you know they are it's truly truly abhorrent um, hate groups violent violent um, genocidal hate groups. And I think today, uh, I think what we want to do is talk a little bit about the response from from the technology sector.
1: Yeah, we had a whole, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely try to keep it more towards the tech side, but, uh, you know, I second all that. It's just an exhausting couple of weeks um, emotionally watching that play out, but more disturbingly, how... Technology is echoing this out. I mean, I you know, everything from just how you get your news and how you see the pictures and images to your family, um, you know, clearly echoing specific narratives and specific storylines that were put out there. But it was, I guess, somewhat comforting or somewhat good to see some of the tech platforms step up this week and start um, censoring uh, what flows on their platform, and and shutting down some of the accounts of people who are saying the most hateful things out there.
0: So I'm gonna run through a list of them because I think um, that'll give it some, I think, um, an idea of how how this played out, and then we can sort of circle back around and talk about maybe why now, like wh- why why it took this particular. Um, incident to be able to prompt um, prompt these responses um, from the tech sector, and then I think we you know from from the business community more more broadly. But um, before the before the white nationalists had their um, had their event, um, Airbnb took a really. Um, Took a I think an unusual stance, and in which it was canceling the accounts of white nationalists on its platform. So people who had signed up to stay in Airbnb locations in and around Charlottesville, um, they were they canceled those they canceled those reservations, saying that they had um, that a lot of these people were making it very clear on other forums uh, that they were um, a <laughs> White supremacists and B coming to Charlottesville for this Unite the Right um, white supremacist rally, and Airbnb, which has been I think um, really pilloried for creating a, a a platform that's sort of reinscribed a lot of um, a lot of racist um, um, decision making around who you know who gets to sort of who gets to use that that platform. Um, So Airbnb really came out ahead of the event and and canceled the accounts um, of of white nationalists on it, which which was an interesting and perhaps, and I think in some ways, for some people, a controversial move. Um, And then the episode happened on Friday night. Um, uh, the, the, The white nationalists were on the University of Virginia... Campus um, chanting "Blood and Soil" with lit torches, um, a- attacking a group, a small group of students there. Um, on Saturday, uh, like I said, a white supremacist allegedly drove his car into a group of counter protesters, killing, um, killing a-, a young woman. Um, and then uh, Daily Stormer, which is a well-known neo-Nazi website. Um, published a a thing on, I think, Sunday, um, published a pretty obscene story about the young woman who died. Um, And that day, GoDaddy, um, the hosting and and DNS provider, uh, booted Daily Stormer from its hosting service, saying that they'd violated their terms of service. And I want to note, like, this This is not the first time that the Daily Stormer has written a really horrible article about someone. Um, They've used really um, abusive language to describe other people who've died in other incidents, um, young men of color in particular. Um, But in this case, the GoDaddy booted them off the website. Daily Stormer tried to transfer um, its hosting to Google, but a couple hours afterwards Google booted the site and closed its YouTube um, channel. The site remained up even though it was under heavy DDoS um, because it was protected by Cloudflare. And we'll put a little asterisk by that. But Cloudflare has made a has really for a very long time said that it's not their responsibility to monitor or make any determinations about the content on its site. It proudly has claimed that it's going to be quote unquote neutral. Right. Um, on Sunday, Twilio, which is a um, voice and messaging service Um, said that it was changing its terms of service to explicitly ban um, hate speech. On Monday, another voice-over IP app called Discord shut down accounts associated with white nationalists. Um, SendGrid... And Zoho, two software as a service companies, on Tuesday canceled the Daily Stormers accounts. PayPal said it was on Tuesday that it was updating its policies so that its services could not be used for, quote, activities that promote hate, violence, or racial intolerance. This includes organizations that advocate racist views, such as the KKK, white supremacist groups, or Nazi groups. On Wednesday, Spotify said that it had pulled. Several hate bands from its service. And this was a day after um, Digital Music News published a list of 37 white supremacist bands that they like, found streaming on the website. Um, Squarespace, a uh, content management service, um, said it was going to remove white supremacist content, including Richard Spencer's website. Um, again, it said terms of service violations. Reddit shut down a subreddit called uh, Physical Removal, which has openly advocated for the murder of liberals and the return of segregation. Um, Facebook, the same day, also banned a couple of white supremacist groups, um, including Physical Removal and Vanguard America. And the driver of the vehicle that killed Heather Hare um, allegedly was associated with this group. Apple said it would remove Apple Pay from some white nationalist websites. And then on Wednesday, Cloudflare CEO sent an email to employees saying that the company would no longer offer its services to Daily Stormer. And I'm going to read the email because I think it's how he framed it is pretty revealing. Um, And again, we can circle back and talk about this. He says, team. Earlier today, Cloudflare terminated the account of the Daily Stormer. We've stopped per- proxying their traffic and stopped answering DNS requests for their sites. We've taken measures to ensure they cannot sign up for Cloudflare service again. This was my decision. Our terms of service reser- ver- reserve the right for us to terminate users of our network at our sole discretion. My rationale for making this was simple. The people behind the Daily Stormer are assholes, and I'd had enough. Let me be clear, this was an arbitrary de- Decision. It was different than what I talked about with our senior team yesterday. I woke up this morning in a bad mood and decided to kick them off the Internet. I called our legal team, told them what we were going to do, called our trust and safety team, had them stop the service. It was a decision I could make because I'm the CEO of a major Internet company. Having... Made that decision. We need to now talk about why it's dangerous. I'll be posting something on our blog later. Literally, I woke up in a bad mood and decided someone shouldn't be allowed on the Internet. No one should have that power. Um, then on Thursday, OKCupid tweeted that it had banned Chris Cantwell, which, who was featured in a Vice documentary about Charlottesville that it, I think kind of had gone, had gone viral. Um, and then on Thursday the EFF the electronic freedom oh no excuse me Electronic Frontier F- Foundation um, condemned all these actions uh, the ACLU incidentally who had actually sued the city of Charlottesville demanding that it um, give the white nationalists a, a permit for the rally um, said that it would no longer prioritize um, prioritize the free speech um, uh, rights, I guess, uh, I'm not wording this correctly, but would no longer prioritize legal cases surrounding groups that advocate violence.
1: So so all of this really draws the line, um, which is just one of many front lines I re- I think right now digitally. But this one is specifically around, uh, you know, I, g- I guess it's not just around speech because some of these platforms could actually be used in you know, as part of kind of DDoS, other uh, information sharing. There's, but there's, spe- there's a whole pay, you know, the funding. Is
0: how it's being framed by the white supremacists too, though. So free speech, I think, is the argument here because that's the argument that the white supremacists have tried to make it.
1: Yeah so and and which i would say you know when we when we look at how the line's drawn and who's stepping up to draw it i think that part of that is the people who in the tech space who say this is wrong you know kind of his email i think kind of kind of paints a little bit of this picture but i think there's a bigger picture a lot of a lot of people you know like the electronic frontier foundation and and parts of the aclu you know this line of what is free speech that we have to you know protect the worst of it to be able to you know it's kind of that older notion of to to be able to save it all and my biggest challenge with this with a lot of these tech bros who are stepping up is is they do zero to ensure that 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 their platforms are used to empower people of color um, you know disenfranchised people on a daily basis but they're 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 really gung ho to step up and be very loud to de- defend this very tip of the the, the worst of the worst when it comes to it to 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 save the rest of it, I guess is what they're saying, but they're willing to to not put forth any energy on the rest of it,
0: yeah, I think that this is i mean i wouldn't disagree that this is um i mean there there are uh, uh, there are there are lots of difficult discussions around around these issues like what what really um What are we going to do in terms of um, quote-unquote free speech online? But I think the problem is pretending as if free speech just happens um, in this sort of context-free environment where there aren't actually actions associated with this speech, right and that, that that somehow we live in a world in which everyone's free speech is is sort of already equally protected i mean i think it was really to me it was really quite startling one of the the visuals that came out of the um of the unite the right rally on on friday and saturday is that there were people um white supremacists, white nationalists, neo-Nazis, KKK members there um, in carrying all sorts of weapons, wearing bulletproof vests. Some of them were dressed to look like they were sort of paramilitary or even dressed to look like they were sort of members of the National Guard. Um, These people were out um, heavily, heavily armed, right? And so thinking about... But the cops... Really didn't intervene or arrest or challenge them, and you know, <laughs> perhaps, perhaps out of you know, perhaps out of fear as much as out of solidarity for for those ideologies. But I think that it's important to recognize that if a group of um, black folks had had appeared in wearing um, similarly armed, or or a group of for. Muslims had appeared similarly armed, that they would have been immediately and violently um, eliminated. And so this idea that we can appear in, that our bodies appear in public spaces and that that we're all treated equally is flawed. And the idea that our speech is treated equally is highly flawed. And the idea that our speech can be free when a large group of people are, are armed as heavily, if not more heavily, than law enforcement is also this other layer that challenges it. But this this idea too that somehow that these tech companies um, are cracking down on free speech now and not recognizing the myriad of things that they do to in, infringe upon the, the the speech and safety of people of color and white women and um, LGBTQ folks, um, minorities of all marginalized people and minorities of all sort of sorts, um, already right. So I think that it's it's this it's a very it's a it's a very um, flawed view of what free speech might look like because it's already only protects. These these sort of commands for like total free speech really already, I think, protect only a small group of people.
1: Well, and that that imbalance between the views of what what sort of free speech this discussion this has unfolded in the last couple weeks is like I have people on my timeline who look at the pictures of Black Lives Matter folks protesting and those armed torch caring folks that you know were out and see the Black Lives Matter as the more threatening, as as the scarier version of this, and that it's a free speech matter, not for the people who are um trying to be heard. It's the people that have the control and are afraid of losing that control and 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 basically want to be first in line. And the people that are like them. So they're they're scared by the brown people. Those are the threatening ones. Even though the white people have guns and the white people actually have the power and aren't being suppressed currently. And, and are violent.
0: And are actually and, violently and, and are calling violent. for yes. the elimination of, of a, of a of part suppressing, of the they, They're yes. They're
1: screaming for the right and stepping up and making this really tense environment, this tense free speech, quote unquote, free speech environment with guns so that they can maintain the right to hate and 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 have this this um, insight this in this way and those same people on my timeline you know when they see the 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 terrorist attack that happened in Charles Charlottesville and, and killed heather and hurt those other people as not a problem compared to what just happened in Barcelona because the difference again is brown people versus white people, what they're used to and what they're accustomed to, and all of this is translating online into this 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 digital space. These tech companies, these tech you know these these libertarian kind of field platforms are stepping up and saying we've got to protect the worst of the worst, and we're going to put all these resources into supporting these people who are suppressing people rather than ever giving any resources or any time or energy to actually people who have been suppressed and are just looking to have a voice.
0: Yeah, I think that, I mean, for me, the, the this, broadly speaking, this question of quote-unquote free speech has been a major issue for the last couple of years on college campuses. And a lot of Um, pundits, and I would say not just conservative pundits, but liberal pundits as as well, have really, I think, chastised college students who have become vocal about not having certain speakers, not having certain kinds of speech on their campus, right? Protesters, uh, students who've protested Charles Murray, for example, who argues that there are racial differences in IQ, um, or protesters, students and protesters who have shut shut down or shouted down Ann Coulter, um, wh- when, who's, you know uh, who has also absolutely embraced white supremacist um, and advocated for white supremacist views. Um, and so these so many of these pundits have sort of chastised these students as not believing in quote unquote free speech, but I think it's to me it's also really indicative of again, like the spaces that the, these spaces in which we claim free speech are not are not neutral, and I find it fascinating as as. College campuses are changing their demographics, right? The, the 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 student population on college campuses is shifting. It's shifting slowly, but it's shifting, and it's no longer simply a bastion for white male privilege. Um, that that the sort of the the idea of that certain groups feel as though they're um, I mean, I wonder how this, the, if, if we can recognize the way in which um, speech, is, is intertwined is intertwined in that. And that in some ways, this sort of absolutist version of free speech, absolutist version of free speech, really props up other parts of whiteness, other props of patriarchy by sort of acting as though speech is this sort of um, neutral um, rather than highly weaponized um, act. And that I think that that it's, to me it's it's not surprising that queer students for example would have no sort of uh, would have no interest in listening and having people invited to campus that are actively calling for their genocide right black students have no interest in listening to charles murray and this idea that you should hear different points of view to me is again that's an argument that maybe works works on and for white people but um I think that people of color are pretty well versed in the kinds of arguments that people that racists like Charles Murray make. This is not a new viewpoint that they need to be like you don't need to actually introduce people of color to racists. They 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 deal with that every day. Um and so I think that in some ways our notions of free speech are caught up in a kind of are grounded in this in a in a legacy of Thought that is very much intertwined with whiteness and, and and masculinity, and that we start we have not really fully unpacked who and how and what we want to protect, and who and how and what we expect we expect um, we expect speech to be. Um, uh, 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 ac- acceptable or not. And I think, I mean, I don't think any of these things are are easy, but I think one of the things that's important to recognize when when people throw up their hands about this is going to destroy the internet, right, clamping down on quote-unquote free speech will destroy the internet, is that other countries do this already. And I don't just mean China, but I mean other European countries have different rules about Free speech and hate speech than the United States does, and it's not as though they've crumbled into illiberalism, to, to my to my knowledge. It seems like the U.S. the U.S. might be, but um, these other countries haven't. Right. So Twitter, like there are already mechanisms in place so that neo Nazis neo Nazi groups are not um, neo Nazi content, isn't viewable. Um, in Germany for example.
1: Well the the notion that, you know, democracy is is about everyone at the table saying what they want to say, you know, when all of a sudden you you get all your buddies with AR15s and your biggest, you know, scariest people to come and scream and as loud as they can that somehow that's free speech and democracy that they're going to make this toxic intense environment that you know somehow you know a bunch of a bunch of white guys showing up with guns and torches and yelling death and and stuff in a park is 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 a more uh, acceptable version than than a, than a bunch of black people showing up with bullhorns and and marching and and singing or um a bunch or even you know uh, a bunch of folks showing up in response to people show you know white supremacists showing up and making threats that somehow these three are equal you know um, in a free speech argument i mean it's it's the same argument being made online right now that these platforms should be you know carving out these spaces and allowing these you know the, the reddits, the bots, the people who basically have more more compute, more resources to blast you down, to hack you down, to, you know, uh, dox you, do things that, and that's somehow, you know, free speech on the internet, and it's a meritocracy, you know, that, that you know, you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, and, and you compete in this environment, and, and Top Dog wins, and it, who, who loses in all of that, but somehow that's, again, free speech translating online, as well as, you know, the toxic version of uh, offline we saw this week.
0: So I think that, I mean, I think that there are ways in which it's, I mean, I find, I find some of these, the steps that these companies have taken to be really interesting to put, to make it explicit in their terms of service, for example, that they won't tolerate hate speech. And then of course that's going to, you know, that raises all sorts of questions is what, what constitutes hate speech. And in fact, I think that PayPal was really explicit when they, in their update to their um, acceptable use policy saying we won't, You know, you can't use this on white supremacist, white nationalist, KKK, and neo-Nazi sites. Really explicit. So it's not this, like, I mean, again, like, when we talk about this sort of, this argument about slippery slopes, people often say, well, you know, if you ban the KKK, next thing you know, they'll ban, you know, they're going to ban queer people. But uh, PayPal was really explicit about who it was banning. Um, But I think that, you know, banning hate speech, um, but if you, uh, you know, it's, Often people do respond with the argument about slippery slopes, but to be really clear, I mean, and that's what I think. You know, pointing to legislation in other countries, um, it's it's in some cases quite clear about the kinds of things that constitute that that constitute hate speech. Um, so I think that companies can can be clear. And what's what's interesting to me too is that it's that I mean, not just that it's taken this, that it took um, it took. Heather hair dying and then the daily stormer mocking her for something to happen. Um, but you know, I think a lot about all of the data that these companies have long collected on people and that they've, they've known, they had to have known because people of color and white women have, um, um, have complained about this for a really long time. Like, you know, like, filed abuse reports on these platforms and said, hey, do you know that you have people online that are actively calling for for genocide? And and these companies have done nothing. I find the decision, for example, by OkCupid to ban uh, whatever that bald loser from the site to be fascinating. Because, of course, if you've ever signed up for a dating site you know that some of the questions that they ask you really do drill down pretty, um, pretty in ways that would, I would imagine would make it quite easy to identify someone who's a white supremacist. Right? Would you ever consider dating someone outside your own race? I mean, that's a question. That's you know, that's, that's a that's a question on, on the on the dating profile, not just of OKCupid, but of but of all these sites, right? I mean, so the way in which the, we're we're handing over all of this data that reg you know that readily identifies this, and that that somehow this hasn't been a this isn't hasn't been an issue, and I think that this there are lots of dangers now to thinking about how this is going to play out. You know, Spotify's another example. The the guy who wrote the article about the songs that he, the white supremacist bands that he'd found on Spotify, he found them through the recommendation engine. So you find one the white supremacist band and you listen to the white supremacist band and then Spotify recommends more bands to listen to and sure enough, those are white supremacist bands. Same thing happens with YouTube, right? You watch a KKK video or a neo-Nazi video on YouTube, YouTube's going to recommend you half a dozen more n- neo-Nazi or KKK videos to watch. And so the, the, you know algorithmically these companies are already surfacing this content um they're already they have managed to find a way to sort of help further the 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 um the the reach of these groups and this isn't this didn't just all of a sudden happen i mean they th- these these groups have been building online and it's uh, for a long time i mean and, you know this is where You know, Dylan Roof said in his trial, this was where he goes radicalized. He was radicalized online. We like to blame, you know, um, uh, ISIS and stuff for doing this, but this is where young men of all sorts are being radicalized. And in part, it's because, you know, these companies are collecting all this data about you, right? If you visit Breitbart or if you like Facebook, like Breitbart on Facebook, or like a bright story on Facebook, Facebook's going to recommend that you like the KKK. Right? So these algorithms are already, I think, reflecting and also, I think, um, creating these groups. And so this idea now, all of a sudden, that everyone's quite upset about shutting down free speech, when really what's been happening, it feels like for the past you know, decade is that um, that the infrastructure, the actual infrastructure of the web, has been used to actually give these groups life.
1: And that's, I mean, I, I'm totally interesting that it, this is happening at the at the terms of service level right now. We're getting at the very granular way that 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 speech, you know, free speech is occurring through these channels. And it's this is the you know the layer that I've been paying attention. Attention to with APIs because and it's great that you put this list together because you know I see you know Twilio I see you know that's voice you know I see uh, Reddit which is our links you know I see um, SendGrid which is email PayPal which is the money Spotify which is music and like you said all of these are using you know uh, algorithms and and APIs to to orchestrate all of this and they have that fingerprint they have that knowledge and this is that that when i said this is the front line it's not just free speech this is you know this is the front line of this this cyber war because twitter and facebook and reddit and all of these are You know the the engines you know that that are that are enabling these people to step up, and so for these platforms to somewhat acknowledge on their own and step up and pull back the curtain on their terms of service and on these algorithms a little bit, and say, hey, actually, here's how we're gonna update it to. To deal with this, I think, like you said, it's pretty precise in how you know PayPal. Well, PayPal was worded,
0: precise, yeah.
1: PayPal was precise, but you know, a lot of these terms of service changes are just copied and pasted and cross pollinate pretty quickly. So, if another platform wants, you know, to, to do it, they can they can follow it. And that's all I do as the API evangelist is just point out what someone's doing that's that's good and what someone's doing is bad, and hope other people will emulate that. Not that everyone will, but I think this is. For me, a lot of these companies starting to pull back the curtains a little bit on those algorithms because it kind of crossed the line for them internally i mean but what worries me real you know is that there's there's a thousand other of these situations that have been festering and they know about as well, and they're not willing to step up until like there's a bandwagon to jump on or you know, so there's a lot more going on, and we got a lot more work to do. But I'm I'm a little bit optimistic about what came out this week, and, and this list is I think very interesting.
0: Yeah, I I mean I'm actually not optimistic at all. Um, partially because uh, seeing the response from the EFF, um, which was very different than the response from ACLU, right? The a- ACLU's, I think in fact um one of the members of the virginia chapter resigned over this saying um uh saying that he you know he had really you know that the the, the lo- like locally um felt uh, i mean obviously felt hugely responsible for the way in which things had 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 panned out that they'd wanted you know to to get them to get this rally for example moved to a to a different space um uh, but the ACLU coming out and sort of saying, "Yeah, okay, so you know maybe when the maybe it's maybe this isn't really where we should prioritize our limited uh, our limited resources in in defend not not saying defending the content of what they're talking about, but defending people who are arguing for sort of whose speech is obviously connected to violence because they're carrying weapons, right?" Um, but for me, the EFF's response sort of reinscribes this idea that stuff that happens online only happens online, and we have to protect free speech online because it somehow is this sort of only in this sort of digital um, this this it only exists. It only exists digitally, and that the, again like this failure of imagination really for 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 many people in tech to be able to look around the world um, and see the ways in which these tech companies are already doing this and, you know, whether, and they, ha- I mean, obviously in the cases of like Germany and Israel and content takedown, um there, they're, they're compelled by the government to do so. Um, but thinking about this, I mean, just thinking about the ways in which these companies have not felt compelled to do anything about, about this stuff on their platform. Um, and in fact, you know, if you looked, if you watched this unfold, you could see all of these White supremacists, when they were tweeting about it last weekend, and then tweeting about their "quote unquote" free speech rally in Boston yesterday, they're all verified on Twitter, right? Yeah, so, it's so, not, so it's not Twitter. Like it's not known. Yeah, I mean, and it, you know, they. Uh, I mean, so t- really, these tech companies haven't just. It's not. It's it to say that this is just about free speech to me feels. Uh, feels like you're we're we're having a you know it just feels like a very like nineteenth century discussion when we're talking uh, about a twenty first century reality um in and in and, and, and i i think that i mean i think that there are a lot of things to to consider. And I think that just saying, Oh, it's a slippery slope, you know, be careful. Like if you, if you, you know, if they do this now, they're going to be mean to like queer people online next. The response should be, dude, they're already shitty to queer people. Like, are you serious? Like that's your response? Your response is like, if, well, if, if Twitter, like if Facebook takes down uh, white supremacists, what are they going to do to black people? Like, well, have you ever actually like had one of your black friends, like kicked off of Facebook temporarily because she, like, tried to report or battle back with white supremacists on her timeline. Like, these companies are already tend to shut down the free speech, quote-unquote free speech, of people of color and queer folks. So, like, to me, I'm like, I don't even know why that's your... That's your argument. Like these platforms already, and again, this is why I wanted to start off reminding this podcast that like, we are like two weeks out from that Google engineers anti-diversity manifesto. There is something really foul at play in the makeup of these companies, in the how the decisions are made, who gets hired, who gets to decide what who you know who gets to decide who gets to be there um what what the product's gonna look like, the decision making and it's not as simple as you know, should we let Richard Spencer sell you know neo nazi stuff on his squarespace site? It's like I mean to the core of the industry, there are a lot of things that I think we really have to reckon with, and the slippery slope argument to me feels like. A cop out from actually addressing what these what these platforms already do to um, to discriminate to reinscribe bias and discriminate discrimination against people of color, white women, queer folks, etc. Um, and so, I, I mean, I feel like, you know, how do we how do we move forward with this? Well, we certainly don't move move forward this as the EFF does, um, stomping around in a circle and saying, you know. Everybody's, everyone has to have the same rights online.
1: Uh, it's not. I mean, slippery slope is a lazy argument. It's they don't want to do anything, and they're just defending the existing, the status quo. And we have a, not a great model, but a, a you know a pretty precise one there from PayPal. That hey. Now we need every everybody in their terms of service to say it explicitly about, you know, KKK, white supremacists. And that's a pretty precise, you know, that's not that's not slippery at all. That's pretty precise. Let's get it in there and then let's set ourselves up for what do we gotta do next when it comes to video? What is next with with payments? What is it next with voice? And just this is a constant front line and we just have to be incrementally making these changes and shifts. Until we see the the online kind of space that we want, it's not it's not black or white, it's not slippery or not slippery. It's it's we just got a lot of work to do.
0: Well, I mean, and of course the the irony, and I guess we've really run over to me the iron the one of the great ironies here is that this is this is what this is what happens when you. Um, when you embrace the sort of libertarian mantra that markets are going to work themselves out and that somehow markets are going to be a vehicle for justice, because markets are never a vehicle for justice. Justice is the vehicle for justice, right? And so people are saying, oh, look, all of this power is in the hands of private companies. And my response to that is, well, then the private companies either need to get their acts together or we will move this conversation into the venue that is perhaps more appropriate to address this and that is the legal system and that is the government i mean and that's what you know that's again like that's what other countries other countries have done facebook and and twitter and google and they managed to still function in these other countries um uh, again you know thinking about like germany israel france i mean all of europe have have different kinds of hate speech laws i think canada canada has a different set um the us acting as though the internet sort of the sun rises and sets on the internet within um the 50 states is just is just is just wacky uh, there are obviously there are things that we can do and i think that you know if the if if these private companies aren't aren't willing to then i think um it that um Perhaps, perhaps government regulation is going to be what's required. I can't
1: disagree with that.
0: All right. Well, um, I guess next week we will be recording from a different uh, location. But until then. Yeah, until then. See you in New York.